Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're going to be talking about tongue ties and lip ties. If you have no idea what those are, you're in luck, because Diane Cassidy is here to tell us all about them, along with why there seems to be a tongue tie resurgence, how it can affect your best breastfeeding intentions, and what you can do about it. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as her newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to thefirst8days.com slash birthful. That's with the number eight, thefirst8days.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas-to-be. I want to thank you once again for all the love you're giving the show and send a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so we can get it in front of more mamas. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a review. I will be, as you know, forever grateful. So today I'm happy to have Diane Cassidy on the show. Diane is a lactation consultant in Rochester, New York with an advanced lactation certification. She works in private practice and in a busy pediatrics office. And in the fall of 2013, Diane completed her master's in health and wellness lactation. Diane became interested in lactation consulting after breastfeeding her own children, which includes a set of twins. She spent thousands of hours working with new moms and babies and has the unique ability to identify with their needs and concerns. Diane has worked extensively with women who have survived trauma, babies struggling with tongue tie, those who have experienced birth trauma and are having milk supply issues, problems with attachment and latch, moms who are returning to work, and those breastfeeding multiples. She also teaches prenatal breastfeeding and childbirth classes in the hospital setting, is working on her second book, and goes around the world speaking to other breastfeeding professionals about how to support new families through their breastfeeding struggles. Diane has three biological children, three stepchildren, and a wonderful husband, all of which I've met because we happen to live in the same city. Hello. Hi. Hi, Diane. Hi, Adriana. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, even too. though it's cold. Oh it's always God. cold. <laughs> I know. Thank goodness I'm cozy and warm in my house. So, mm-hmm. so tongue ties and lip ties, what are they? Tongue ties and lip ties. Oh, they give us such a problem, don't they? Mm. <laughs> Breastfeeding. So tongue ties and lip ties have become um, a little bit more popular these days. I don't want to say popular to the way of, you know, like everybody's got one. But I think you know, with the, with the internet, lots of new mamas are really doing a lot of research on their own and learning a lot more about stuff. And we're finding more and more tongue ties because these moms are really kind of taking charge and, you know, trying to find their, find out what their problems are. Um, The tongue tie technically is the lower underneath the tongue. Um, That is the lower frenulum. And it is just when it's underneath the tongue there, that little membrane that holds the tongue to the floor of the mouth that is formed very early on. Um, The mouth is formed very early in utero, the first few weeks. And um, as the mouth is formed 
and the floor of the mouth kind of disintegrates away, it leaves this little membrane behind. Um, for some babies, it's way back in the tongue, doesn't cause any problems, it's not an issue. Um, for some babies, it might be a little bit further up, uh, might be a little bit shorter, it might be tight, it might be thick. Um, it may or may not cause breastfeeding problems. Now the lip tie, that is the upper frenulum, kind of like when you put your tongue up at your top teeth and you feel that little that little membrane between at your top lip holding your top lip to the, to your top gums. That is your lip tie or your top maxillary frenulum. And you know that right now we're all sticking our tongues in between our tooth our teeth. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I was doing it too. So um yes. And whenever I talk to moms about this, or we talk about it maybe in breastfeeding class or something like that, that's pretty much the response I get as everybody starts to feel around for theirs. But that is when that one might be, again, short, tight, thick. Maybe it kind of wraps around. Some of them you might see wrapping right around into the palate. And those are the ones that can actually cause that space between the two front teeth and have trouble with your, your little one's teeth coming in. Mm, the gap. Yes, that's where you get that gap from. Okay. So mm-hmm. why? let's start with the, with the tongue tie. Why are they, why, why are tongue ties a problem? Tongue ties can be a problem um, as far as breastfeeding because there are other problems that go along with tongue ties. But tongue ties are a problem with breastfeeding because the tongue is an integral part of feeding. Um, we need to have that mobility of the tongue. We need to be able to have the baby move their tongue up and down, around, move the milk back down into the throat, um, have a good comfortable latch, have that good momentum with their tongue. Um, if their baby is restricted, if the tongue is restricted, that's going to be more difficult for them. So it would just, I mean, the tongue is a huge muscle. So, I mean, imagine having a muscle that's restricted. How much can you do with that muscle? So it makes it a little bit harder and babies try to compensate for that, but we might end up with pain for the mother, damaged nipples, painful feeds, um, problems with the baby getting milk because they cannot transfer efficiently. So we might notice really long feedings because it's taking them so long and they get so tired because they're using this restricted muscle. Um, So we might notice that the baby's not gaining weight well. We might see that the baby is really struggling to hold onto the breast and to keep a latch. Sometimes you'll see those babies go on and off and on and off. They can only suck a couple times, and then when they swallow, they fall off. Um, We can see the painful, like I said, the painful nipples, but not only the painful damaged nipples, but we also see pain in the breast itself. It's called vasospasm. And that is caused from the baby compressing the nipple because they can't get that latch nice and deep. And they're just kind of crushing, they're pushing their tongue up and crushing that nipple right up against the roof of the mouth. So that can actually cause what we call vasospasm, which is like a burning sensation in the breast. And that kind of stays with you throughout the day after the feedings, you're feeling that. That sounds horrible. It is. And it gets... um, it gets diagnosed as thrush quite a few, quite a bit, which is not, it's, it's a wrong diagnosis, but it, it's got a lot of the same symptoms. So, you know, sometimes I'll have moms call and say, I was diagnosed with thrush. I've been on medication three different times now. I mean, if the medication's not working, that's probably not what it is. Mm-hmm. So then we start looking for other things, but it is, it's horrible. It's, it's awful. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds... Like it, it really affects a lot of the components of breastfeeding as Absolutely. babies try to compensate. 
Absolutely. It can also affect um, teeth development for that baby as well, uh, because the tongue does have an impact on how the teeth are, are developing and where they are. Um, also, if the tongue is restricted, you can't move your tongue around in your mouth as well. You're not able to clean your teeth out, you know, or if obviously as the, the child is getting older, which causes more cavities, um, depending on the speech, or speech can be an issue depending on the tongue tie itself. Um, one of the other things it also causes is problems with the palate. So when your mouth is forming, as I said early on, the palate is also forming and the tongue is what forms that palate. So if the tongue is lifting up, that is what's making up a nice round palate. And if the tongue can't do that and it's restricted, you're going to have a narrow palate or maybe like a, a high deep palate. And that will also cause a lot of problems with teeth development as well. Hmm. So that's really interesting because because right now we see it, the tongue ties tied to breastfeeding. I hadn't even considered that that was something that could affect not just, you know, problems with breastfeeding, but further along for the child as as they grow up and, and, and into adulthood. Yeah, yeah, it really can. Wow. So what about lip ties? How do they affect things? Lip ties can affect um, breastfeeding because the baby needs to have those lips flanged out. If you've ever seen a picture, you've seen those breastfeeding babies with their lips flanged out like little fish mouth. Mm -hmm. If the baby can't do that because of that tight top lip, because sometimes it is tight enough that it just holds it really closely to the gum line. The baby can't flange that lip out. They're not going to have a good seal at the breast. And if you don't have a good seal at the breast, you're not going to be able to transfer milk efficiently. You're taking in a lot of air with the feed. Um, it might take longer for them to feed, harder for them to transfer the milk. Is that one, one, like one sign of that if you hear babies clicking when they breastfeed? Yes, exactly, because they're losing the latch. It's falling off. Now, is that clicking exclusive to a lip ties or is it just, you know, one thing that comes up with lip ties, but with other stuff too? It's um, that clicking I hear with lip tie and tongue tie. Um, but I've also heard clicking with babies that are struggling with an oversupply or mm -hmm. a heavy letdown for the mom. Um, so that would be like if mom's just got lots of milk and when the baby goes to feed and all this milk just comes rushing down at the baby and they're struggling to kind of keep up with that supply and keep up with that flow of milk, you might hear some of that clicking. And the difference being that you'll only hear that clicking with the letdown with a baby that is struggling with heavy supply. Um, if it's a tongue tie, you're going to hear the clicking throughout the entire feed. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, like, a, that's a great tip. Um, so how can... I mean, uh, you've told us a little bit, but how can, is there other signs or ways a mom can tell if her child has a tongue tie or a lip tie? Um, some of them are very visible. You can see the tongue right up to the, like the tongue tie right up to the tip of the tongue. Um, sometimes you can see it just a little bit further back, that little membrane, you know, straight up and down, almost like a piano wire. You can see that right kind of holding the tongue. If the baby 
is not able to lift their tongue effectively. They really can't lift it up and they're not having full mobility with it. They may be able to stick their tongue out. It's an old, kind of an old wives tale, I guess, so to speak, or a fallacy that if the baby can stick their tongue out, they're not tongue tied. And that's not true. It really has to do more with the mobility of their tongue. If they can stick it out, they can still be tongue tied because they might not be able to move their tongue effect efficiently from side to side. So if they are not able to lift it up or move it, their tongue around, if the mom is having a lot of pain with the feeds, that's one of the things we look for. Um, if the baby's not gaining well, that's one of the things we look for. Um, unfortunately, if none of those things are happening, because some babies can feed just fine without, without even, you know, with a tongue tie, without anybody ever knowing the difference. So sorry to interrupt you, but in, so those babies that can eat and gain and everything's fine and have a, a tongue tie, well, and then is it a problem or does it just go away or? It doesn't go away. That might not be noticed until they need braces. And then it's something that didn't affect breastfeeding, but might affect teeth placement. Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So is it... Now, I, I have heard the different classifications of tongue ties and that some tongue ties, especially like, I guess, the posterior kind, mm -hmm. um, get misdiagnosed or are hard to even know that they're there. What can, like, how can a mom know that? <laughs> I guess is my question. You really have to know what you're looking for with the posterior tongue ties. They can be, they can be harder to diagnose. They're kind of hidden. Some are almost hidden underneath the muscle of the tongue too. We call those the submucosal. They are, they can be really tricky. Um, sometimes with those, it's kind of, I don't want to say trial or error, but I almost seem like every other problem has been looked at. And it's just not going away. There's either still pain there, the baby's not gaining well. Um, you really have to be able to assess the baby's suck because that's another thing that's going on. So if the baby is not, and the way I do it is I let the baby suck on my finger. And if the baby is like chewing or chomping instead of having a nice glide suck motion, that's telling me the baby is not coordinated with their suck and having trouble moving their tongue. Um, if the baby's not able to cup their tongue around my finger, that is one of the other indications that there's a tongue tie there. Um, lip tie and tongue tie almost always go together, like 98% of the time they'll go together. So if a mom says, I think my baby's lip tied, automatically I'm going to look for a tongue tie with that baby too. So if their posterior tongue ties are what we call posterior tongue ties, there's, those are further back and... There's more controversy with those because they are harder to find and they are hard to see. And if we see breastfeeding problems and we say, yes, it's a posterior tongue tie, sometimes that gets debated with, is it really a posterior tongue tie or is it a different problem? And we're just calling it that, which is and why I think some people think that we've kind of overdiagnosed them. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense and because what you're saying of this is because they're hard to diagnose and hard to to detect then all other problems have been sort of tried first so it's you've got a breastfeeding relationship that has had some conflict for a significant significant amount of time now that when you finally get to the posterior tongue tie it's like yeah well you know what's it going to be this time do you find that kind of that's the 
the attitude that for those types of link of tongue ties? You know, like for the mom, for yeah, the family. Um, usually, the mom is so grateful to have an answer. Sure. And once I talk to her about it, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what's happening. You know, and it just becomes so clear that that's the problem. So it's um, it's more of a relief, mm-hmm. I think, than anything else. And I mean, sometimes they're found very quickly. You know, sometimes it's a baby that's not gaining well at all. And, you know, the mom's doing everything she can, but the baby's just not gaining and there's lots of pain there. So it might be found within a couple of weeks, the first couple of weeks of delivery. Um, I saw, saw a baby the other day where the baby was a month old and everything was going really well um, for the first, no, month, actually two months old, I'm sorry. And everything was going really well for the first five, six weeks. And then they started to see symptoms. The baby was starting to get tired, not feeding as well, taking a long time. Mom started to feel a little bit more pain with the latch. So it just, it's variable. It really is. It, it can vary from baby to baby. And it can really just depend on where that tongue tie is placed. So tell me a little bit more about that story, because I think that's really important for moms to hear that, you know, breastfeeding was going fine. And then suddenly things kind of fell apart. Yep. Breastfeeding was going well. Um, Baby was gaining well. And, you know, she was then all of a sudden starting to have problems with the latch. Baby wasn't able to latch as well. Um, She started hearing a little bit more clicking noises that she wasn't hearing before. She started to experience that the baby was eating all the time. Um, And not just, I mean, babies, all babies have those cluster feeding times of the day where they'll feed, 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 um, or those times where they're growing through the growth spurt where they're just feed, feed, feed. But if your baby all of a sudden you know, from the start is just seemingly not getting full. They want to feed constantly or they're falling asleep so much at the breast because they're just getting so tired out or they're starting to take longer and longer and longer. And that's what this baby was doing. He was starting to get more tired and he was starting to take longer and longer. And mom was finding that those faster feeds were a thing of the past. And now she was starting to feed more frequently again. And looking further into it, she actually did a lot of that research herself and said, I think the baby has a lip tie. And then looking at the baby, he actually had a tongue tie as well. Um, so I think she was relieved that that was the, the issue. Mm-hmm. But this baby was gaining beautiful. She had a she has an oversupply issue. So that really masked any kind of gaining problems for this baby. Okay. And do you think it was finally supply kind of leveled out or baby grew enough that he he or she could sort of match that supply and then that the the tongue tie was able to surface? Yes, I think so. Probably. That's so interesting. It really is when you see like how it plays out. It's so different for every baby too. It really needs to be looked at very closely. Like every case is individual. I can't just say, oh, you're having pain. It must be a tongue tie because there's so many different things going on and it really needs to be looked at individually each baby sure so what's the oldest you've ever diagnosed a tongue tie um i've had a couple of moms call me and say my daughter or my son is 15 months 18 months two years old and now i'm pregnant again but i think the baby 
you know, my older one had a tongue tie or a lip tie. Would you mind checking it out so I can be prepared for the next baby? Because it is, it tends to be hereditary. You tend, if you see it in one, you tend to see it in the other children. And a lot of times if I say, oh yes, your baby has a tongue tie or I see, I think this is a tongue tie issue. Sometimes I'll hear one of the parents say, oh, I had that growing up or, oh yeah, my husband said that he had that too. And so it is in the family line. A lot of, it is hereditary. It's something that we look for in family lines. So, um, I remember seeing this one family and they had a new baby and an older daughter that was probably about two. And she, you know, told me, no, I, this, my first baby breastfed beautifully, never had a problem. Um, but she was struggling a little bit with the second baby. She thought maybe it was a tongue tie issue, which it absolutely was. And I said, well, can I take a look at your daughter? Just, you know, just to kind of see it was probably the worst lip tie I've ever seen in my life. Oh no. I never had a problem with feeds ever. And she was like, Oh my gosh, really like the so thick and so tethered to the gum line that it was just incredible. It was the worst tongue tie I've ever, lip tie I've ever seen. So do lip ties also affect other things aside from breastfeeding? Like as they grow older, like, is that something that you would recommend at that point having them to take care of? Um, I would because it can impact your teeth so drastically. So it can impact teeth because if it's so tight and thick like that, and the lip is really tight to the gum line for little ones, especially that either don't brush well yet, or for the moms that are trying to help them brush their teeth, food gets stuck in there. And you find that those top teeth, even though they're baby teeth are getting decayed from food being stuck in there. Um, You also can get that that space between the teeth. So it really, it can impact dental quite a bit. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I did have a mom tell me once that her son had one so bad and didn't, she didn't have it clipped and, or maybe she just didn't know during the breastfeeding time. And then she found out when he was older and wasn't sure about going through it as he was older, but she said that she just, it just kept ripping every time she would try to brush his teeth, it oh. would, you know? So it's, it's, it can be a struggle. Yeah. Older, if you leave it, some babies will break them on their own. Like if they fall or they bump their mouth. Um, my son actually did that with his and, um, come to think about now, now that I know everything that I know, my son did have a very thick tongue tie or lip tie. I'm sorry. Very thick lip tie. Never had breastfeeding problems with them. But, um, he, I remember when he bumped it, bumped his face on his crib when he was a baby and it broke, but he still ended up with the space between his teeth because it didn't take care of that membrane mm-hmm. down underneath going into his palate. So we're, you know, like three years of braces now. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, or let's move on to how to address and take care of a lip tie and a tongue tie since we've kind of, you've mentioned clipping and breaking. And so <laughs> since you've teased us with those words. <laughs> sounds awful. And nobody wants to hear, oh yes, go have your baby's tongue clipped. It sounds horrible, you know, to everybody mm-hmm. involved. Um, it depends on the, on the tongue tie. And it also depends on where you are in the world. Um, different places do different things. Different doctors recommend different things. Um, here where we are, I tend to, if it, depending on if the tie is really causing problems, if it's a weight gain issue, if it's a breast, you know, breast pain, breastfeeding, mom is really struggling. Um, mastitis is another thing sometimes that we see happening over and over again. Um, mastitis breast infections because the baby's not draining the breast well. Um, things like that are starting to happen. Then 
I would recommend that the baby does get it clipped. If everything is going well and mom is comfortable with it, then that's, you know, completely up to her with what she wants to do. The uh, process for it, depending on the tongue tie and depending on the age of the baby, and I can really only speak to what I know here in Rochester, what we do here in Rochester, New York, but um, babies with a tongue tie that is midline, kind of midway between the tongue and the back of the, the middle of the tongue and the back of the tongue, and the ones that are closer to the tip of the tongue, and maybe a little bit further back than that, those can be clipped just as an outpatient thing in an ear, nose, and throat doctor, by an ear, nose, and throat doctor, an ENT office. Um, our pediatricians here don't do them. So it would take, a, you know, another appointment to an ENT where they would assess it and say whether or not, yes, we should clip it or no, we shouldn't clip it or, you know, whatever their recommendation might be. The ones that are posterior, that are further back in the mouth, those are harder. You can't really clip those as well. It's not as efficient to clip those. We do have um, a doctor in Albany, in New York, here in New York, who will separate them using a laser. Um, that is something that's kind of popping up. I know around the country, um, there are several dentists. Actually, he's a pediatric dentist. There's several pediatric dentists in the country that will do it by laser, and that's a preferred method for a lot of people because it's quick, and there's you know, really not a lot of healing time and it cauterizes the wound and, you know, babies go right on the breast afterwards. So if your baby is older, maybe older than four or five months, it would be harder for them to clip a tongue tight in the office just because the baby gets so wiggly at that age. You know, they're very distracted. They get wiggly and you can't really hold them still. So they may recommend that the baby gets put under anesthesia. Fixing a tongue tie sooner rather than later is definitely best because the baby really has to learn or relearn how to use their tongue. It's been restricted for so long that they have to get that mobility back and they have to relearn how to use their tongue. And the longer you wait, the more difficult it becomes. And that makes total sense. And, yeah. and I mean, and not only for the baby, but also of, I mean, the difference between having your baby put under anesthesia or not, that's a huge difference. That's a huge, yeah, difference. That's a huge um, difference. And they said it's kind of controversial. So sometimes, you know, a lactation consultant might say this is this is a problem, or the mom, like I said, might notice find it herself on her baby, and she might not get an ENT to agree with her. So it's it can be sometimes a little problematic. So what now? I'm gonna try to break some myths that might be myths or not myths in my, right. also in my own head. Um, what is, uh, how true is it that when babies are really small, so less than four months, that they actually don't have nerve endings in that area so that clipping in doesn't bother them? It should not bother them. There aren't any, there aren't any nerves in that. It's just a little piece of membrane. So, but do, as they grow, do they get nerve endings there or it just, those don't develop? I have never heard that before. And in all the reading and the research I've done with it, I have never seen that. Myth busted. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no to that. Okay. What about, um, speaking a little bit to what we used to do before, um, 
before the 70s when formula feeding became more of the way to do things. Um, and that was it true that lip ties were still around and, and then it was something that the nurses or the midwives very much took care of right away. Yes. Yes, that is definitely true. So like I like to say back in the day, even the older school OBGYNs, I think, you know, the midwives kind of got a reputation for clipping them right away. As soon as the baby was born, if they were seen, they would, they would take care of it. But, um, older OBGYNs would clip the cord and clip the tongue just automatically and release them. Wow. Yeah. At the set, like clip the, the, the belly button cord, yeah. the umbilical clip the cord. cord, clip the tongue, <laughs> you know, it was done right away. And it's just not even, not even noticed. Nobody knew the difference or the mom. I have had mom say, oh yeah, I knew, you know, that that happened or that's when mine was fixed. My mother told me that's when mine was fixed. And, you know, so it, but it was back way back when, and then way back when, you know, probably the eighties, seventies, um, when formula feeding became more of on the rise, you know, that's people just kind of switched to bottles when they started having problems because babies could bottle feed. Some babies, even with a tongue tie, don't bottle feed well. So that can definitely be, be a problem. I have had some babies that don't bottle feed well with a tongue tie at all. So mom was really desperate because it's hard to get food into this baby. Um, but that was kind of the excuse back in the 80s when it was the popular thing to formula feed the 70s and 80s was, well, you can bottle feed. Mm -hmm. um, as breastfeeding became more prevalent, I think more and more women started to find answers for their breastfeeding problems. And we're seeing more of it. Mm -hmm. That's one. I think that's one of the reasons why we see more of tongue ties now because of that that now we're just more aware of them and before we're, it was something that the, the medical profession was aware of and took care of. Right. Yeah. And now we're, we're more aware of it. Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit more to, you mentioned it uh, quickly, but about the healing from a tongue tie and does it matter which method it is used in how that affects the, the healing? Um, it really depends on, the tongue tie itself. If it's one that's, you know, closer to the midline, closer to the front of the mouth, um, as far as the tongue tie, that it, it's a very, it's a pretty quick clip. What they do from what I've seen, because I have witnessed them being done. I've witnessed that and I've witnessed the laser being done. All they do, you know, they snip it. Um, they do put a little bit of numbing or I don't know if whatever you want to call it, the like lidocaine. They put some of that on the baby's in the baby's mouth so that if there is any pain that's, you know, takes care of that. But, um, that is, there's, there is no nerves in there. There's no nerve endings there. The baby is more, I mean, they have to restrict the baby. So either by swaddling or holding the baby down. So I think that really is more of the issue. I mean, the baby gets mad for that. Mm -hmm. Um, very quick, only, you know, a couple of minutes, a very quick procedure, and the baby goes on the breast right away. Um, there is no, no, like, hold time. There is no, okay, wait 20 minutes before you feed or anything like that. We want the baby to go on the breast right away. Of course, we know breastfeeding is great, has pain relieving properties, is calming for the baby. Um, it's just, you know, very, very therapeutic for them mm -hmm. to be there at the breast. So, 
right away put the baby to the breast um, and usually the moms notice a big difference right away. Um, once at home, there shouldn't be anything really. Maybe just watching the latch, making sure that the baby is feeding okay. The baby might feed fine for the first 24 hours and then kind of revert back for the second 24 hours, um, depending on how long this baby struggled with the tongue tie. If it's a two-week-old baby, they're going to bounce back a little bit faster than that two-month-old baby. So that's why I said before, you know, you want to get that done sooner rather than later if it's recognized. Um, really just kind of keeping the baby keeping the baby close to you, lots of feeding when you can feed the baby, lots of skin to skin time. And they, there really isn't much else that you need to do with the laser. They recommend tongue stretches, which most parents hate to do because that, that involves, sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. That involves like going in the mouth and like pushing on the tongue and stretching the wound. And of course the babies hate that. Um, but that's involved if the, the tongue tie is further back and posterior. And why are those necessary? So that it doesn't reattach because they can reattach. Because it's so further back and like underneath, underneath the yeah. tissue and yeah. Okay. Now the lip ties can be a little bit more of a challenge. They might need they might need a little bit more, you know, wound closure if it's a thicker lip tie. So sometimes with those um, they're not as willing to clip those right away. Sometimes they'll, they'd rather wait until the baby's a little bit older for those. So lip ties are a little bit more of a struggle to get fixed. So how older, how old is older? Maybe a year. Oh. At a lot of ENT offices in our area. Okay. Even if mom's having, like, if that's causing all that clicking and, and suction problems? Sometimes, yes. Hmm. Sometimes we can manage to get them done but sometimes yeah they will do the lip ties by laser but um only by laser there's one ent in our area who will possibly clip a lip tie um on a baby the rest of them usually like to wait until the baby's about a year but laser they will do any time any age of the baby they will do laser on lip tie or tongue tie okay well i might have to have you look <laughs> have the oldest diagnosis that you've ever had um, on tongue ties. Because I know my daughter has a lip tie, but this is something I learned, as, like you say, after I learned all these things um, and knew better. And not when we were breastfeeding. We had tons of trouble because of it, but I didn't know better. So she does have a lip tie. Um, and I could hear her clicking when she breastfed. Ooh. It was all, all the time she was just like, Yep, that's yep. it. And but she would be a really good, like she would feed very quick and swallow, 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 and she never had weight problems. You probably Although, had a good supply, yeah. But she didn't. But it didn't last long our relationship because she started once she got a, a whiff of a of a bottle, that was so much easier that she was done. And I didn't know better than to call for help, which I is know. you know totally on me. Um, she's gonna be ton soon, so. <laughs> I'll definitely take a look at it. There would be some times where, and my husband laughs at me, well, we'll be out talking to somebody in public and I can't get past the fact that they've got a tongue tie. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can just see it because I just, I look for them now on mm -hmm. everybody. Well, especially if it's that very, you know, the, the front, the, the short, yeah. where you can see the, the tongue almost go into a heart shape. Yes. Now, one thing I did want to make sure we talked about mm -hmm. um, 
is nipple shields because nipple shields are used a lot with babies that have a tongue tie. And that is because it can really help the baby to maintain a latch. It can really help if mom's having a lot of pain with the feeds. Sometimes moms will call me and say, I've got a nipple or I'm using a nipple shield. They gave it to me in the hospital. And I was like, well, why, why are you using it? Well, the baby just went to latch. So they gave it to me and the baby latched fine. That's usually kind of a red flag that goes up in my mind about, okay, is there a tongue tie here that nobody noticed? And that's why the baby wasn't able to stay latched. Or is it something that happened, you know, during labor and delivery? Um, fentanyl, which is one of the medications used in epidurals, which is a whole different talk, but that will actually cause some problems with sucking and with tongue coordination. So sometimes that might get mistaken for a tongue tie in a very young, young, young baby. So have to kind of take a look, okay, has this nipple shield been introduced to this mother for a tongue tie problem, or has the nipple shield been introduced for another reason? Sometimes I'll get those moms that come to me with the pain already and the baby not staying latched and things going wrong, and we'll use a nipple shield until we decide what the course of action will be, and the baby will feed great. So it's okay to use them. There is a lot of controversy surrounding them as well, but if it helps the baby to feed, and until we can figure out what the problem is or get it fixed, then that can really be a, a huge help for some mothers. So use it more as a tool than an end game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And I might just have to have you back here at some point to talk about how epidurals affect breastfeeding because that's, as you say, a whole different can of warm, but so warms, but so interesting. It is interesting, really, once you get into a, into the nitty-gritty. Both of these things, the tongue ties, too. I'm, but once you get really into it and you learn a little bit more about it, and it's like, wow, this really does have a huge impact on breastfeeding for these babies. And that's why we geek, we geek out on it. <laughs> yes, I know. It's Birth crazy. Geeks. I know. I know. I love it. Well, so, okay, this was all fantastic. How can listeners get into contact with you if they want to know more or, you know, get your services or read your book? They can contact me via email if they want to. I would love it. I do have a website as well. So it's Diane Cassidy Consulting and it's Diane with two N's and an E. My mom did that to me or she gave me that extra N in my name. So two N's and an E and Diane Cassidy Consulting um, is my website and same with my email, Diane Cassidy at rochester.rr.com, or people can just email me right off my website as well. And um, I can be reached by phone, and my phone number is right on my website. I also have a Facebook page, Diane Cassidy Consulting. I put tons of information on there, lots of great informative things for my moms to see, whether it be about tongue tie or going back to work or pumping or whatever happens to be the thing of the day that I find. Um, I do put lots of great information up there for moms to see. So it's, it can be a good resource as well. Fantastic. And my, yeah. My book you can find on Amazon. That is the one that is out now is um, breastfeeding and trauma. It is about all sorts of trauma that um, a mom might experience. It could be domestic violence and how that impacts a breastfeeding relationship um, it could be about sexual abuse and how that impacts a breastfeeding relationship, birth trauma, how that birth 
either affects the baby's ability to breastfeed or the mother's ability to breastfeed. So there's a lot of really great information in that book as well. And then um, the one I'm working on now is about epidurals and breastfeeding, and that should mm-hmm. be out in the summer. So let's have you back here when that one comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. And your mantra, and I know it's your mantra because I tell everybody that you've told me this, so I share it. (laughs) I love if we can say your mantra, which is that breastfeeding shouldn't hurt. Breastfeeding should not hurt. It should not hurt at all. If it hurts, we need to look at what's going on there. And the other thing that I want moms to remember too, it should be my other mantra, is that moms are doing nothing wrong. So many times moms will call me and they say, it, the, the feedings are painful. I know I must be doing something wrong. I know I must not be doing the breastfeeding right. I know I must not be latching the baby right. And I want our mamas to take that off their shoulders. We just need to find out what's wrong. It's nobody's fault. We just got to find out and fix it. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. No problem. Thank you. It's been great. Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. Even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll talk to another maternity pro here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One, did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.